This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. You're listening to the Writer Than You podcast. Oh, happy Monday morning, afternoon, evening, wherever you are listening. We appreciate you making us a part of your day, afternoon, night, morning. We appreciate it. It's Doug Williams and D-Cell with you here filling in on Writer Than You. We're coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage Studios. Whether you're looking to purchase a new home or refinance yours, Rocket Mortgage can help you get there for home loan solutions that fit your life. Rocket can. We got um, another setback in the world of um, Kevin Durant's sanity. We'll get into that a little bit later on. We've got uh, some injuries across the NFL to talk about, some incredible performances at quarterback across the NFL week one of the preseason. We'll get into what they might mean in terms of uh, any quarterback competitions going forward. Obviously, buy or sell. We'll have Jeff Kerr of CBS Sports coming on talking all things NFL. What I want to start with is a story that um, I'm not sure the average layperson uh, realizes how, how, how big it is, how, how important it is. Um, and, and, and it's for a particular reason, and I'll get into it. So obviously over the weekend um, and on Friday, Fernando Tatis Jr. is busted uh, for PEDs. And so everybody knows the headline by now. And for many, this was a superstar player uh, injured already from a motorcycle accident. Weird situation with a with a wrist injury. He's He's dealt with injuries in the past anyway. And so he gets busted. And any baseball fan going back, really any generation is familiar with this. Um, in the steroid era, it was it was more frowned upon, less illegalized. It was more common, um, and suddenly, uh, you know, you'd have guys testing and 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 doing things that uh, you names of which you would never heard of, something you would never take over the counter, and uh, they test positive. And there's always an excuse, right? And I'll I'll get into that in a second. But here's why it's huge. Um, this is not just a great player. This is not just a player on a team with World Series aspirations. This is a guy who uh, was just paid and paid a lot of money. 14 years, $340 million. And, you know, obviously since he's now had a suspension and a motorcycle accident. He was busted for using a testosterone booster. Um, who among us hasn't taken that to beat ringworm, which was his excuse. That's very common, way to appeal to the average person. Um, So again, the reason that all of the context here matters is because if you root for a team that uh, at any point 
has a superstar player that is still under team control as Tatis was, meaning a rookie or second-year player who can make more money every year incrementally in arbitration and certainly does not need a contract extension. Maybe you'd like to reward him with one at some point. Maybe you hope your team does. Maybe you hope your front office realizes this is a guy you want to be the face of your franchise moving forward. Well, now here's the problem. Because every team in every front office is going to point to this. And, you know, there are always going to be examples of guys who get overpaid, maybe who don't produce at the level of which they're paid. You know, there's an example um, in New York. Francisco Lindor probably makes more money than he deserves to make just in terms of his production. But guess what? He plays every night. He's a good leader, plays good defense. You know, he hits for power. He's just a really good player. And he makes a little bit more money than Tatis. Might not deserve to. Might not be as talented. But guess what he... what. What he's not is is suspended, is hurt. He's on the field. So those things matter. And there's examples of guys maybe taking extensions that are underpaid. Ronald Acuna Jr. probably signed a little earlier than he should. The bottom line, though, is as teams start to navigate year two, year three, year four for these players, they're going to be less likely to give the $340 million extension when they don't have to Because as the Padres are now learning the hard way, you never really know. And I'm not just talking about health, because obviously that's the great unknown. It's more so you just never really know who you're signing. Because a player like Tatis, even though his dad was in the big leagues, and even though he was always a highly touted prospect, coming out of Chicago, he was a big deal. But when you reward a player with an extension at that young of an age, you don't know how they're going to respond. You don't know how a young player is going to deal with the pressure of having $340 million put in front of his face and, and dangled as as his career looms and he's going to be in his 30s until he's able to sign another contract. It's a crazy thing to give a, tw- a, a, a kid in his, young, in, his, in his early 20s. So what happens is he makes a bad decision gets in a motorcycle accident. He 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 says that he's taking a testosterone booster to beat ringworm. And suddenly the Padres are looking themselves in the mirror being like we've made a huge decision, hitched our wagon to this guy, and look at what he's done ever since. So it is one of the faces of Major League Baseball, one of the best premier talents in the league getting busted for something so avoidable, so ridiculous. And, and not just that this has all happened, not just that now we're going to have the precedent that maybe teams won't reward players with these contracts early on in arbitration, not just that, you know, another player is getting busted for PEDs and that that's bad from an optics perspective for major league baseball always. It's also that every time this seems to happen in this era, and I, I, I don't like calling the steroid era the steroid era because we don't really know if it ever ended. We don't really know, you know how easy it is to get these kinds of things past the testing and HGH and those kinds of things. We don't know that we're past it. We still see suspensions constantly. But the fact that they all lie Either I feel like they're either all lying or they're all telling the truth because so often 
It's I unknowingly digested this. I took it. it, There's the excuses that we've gotten are, you know, my digestion. These guys are taking diuretics and they're saying that it's for their own health. It's saying to, to lose weight. They're saying it's for fertility issues. And so as soon as I saw some tweets, as soon as the Tati story breaks, people were saying, oh, can't wait to hear the excuse. And and it was a doozy. But so if you're a baseball fan, all you've been trained to know over the course of the last few decades is lies. You know you see the news. The suspension comes down. When's the lie going to come down? And it just doesn't happen. They're, they're, you'll never, other than maybe Andy Pettit in the past and A-Rod before his whole saga in 2013, originally said, yeah, I took something that was illegal and I apologize. It just doesn't happen. Andy Pettit said it helped him get healthy. But today, these athletes are always coming out and saying, I, I had no idea that this random testosterone booster was illegal. I thought that if I took testosterone, I'd get rid of this this ringworm. So again, this is not just going to potentially dissuade your favorite team from signing your favorite player to a massive extension down the road. It also takes away a face of the franchise from Major League Baseball. This is going to be a year where at the very least you had a wild card series with Tatis and Soto on the same team in San Diego. You would have the battle potentially for Southern California between the Dodgers and the Padres. This is as bad a story for Major League Baseball as there has been in a long time. And every year, Major League Baseball has to deal with the failure of the Angels in Anaheim. Trying to push Trout and Otani into the spotlight, it never works. So Tatis, Judge, Acuna, you have to look elsewhere for faces of the sport. And Tatis can do everything on a baseball field except be on a baseball field right now. Even if he had gotten busted at the beginning of the season, he would have been postseason ineligible. So he's rehabbing from this wrist injury, and he knows the suspension's coming down, and here it is. And you know what I thought was interesting was listening to his teammates talk about it because he's got veterans around him in that clubhouse. He's gotten in heated arguments with Manny Machado in the, in the, in the dugout before in front of the cameras. He's got Mike Clevenger, a starting pitcher who's now now with the Padres, was with the Indians in the past, and these are two leaders in this Padres clubhouse that came out and did not mince words about the young Tatis for making mistakes. Very disappointed. It's uh, you know, the second time we've been disappointed with him, and it's just, you know, you hope he grows up and, you know, learns from this and learns that it's not just, you know, it's about more than just him right now. No, look at this clubhouse. We, we really don't need anybody else. It would be nice to have somebody else, but we don't need anybody else. we got everyone we need right here. You know, he hasn't been part of, part of the team all year, and, um, you know, we, we've gotten to this point so far without him. Hope, you know, we're, we're waiting to, to get him back and hopefully uh, you know, him to be a spark plug for the team. But, um, you know, we've been doing it all year, just continue doing it. Same message um, continues to go since, since day one, since we had all year. So we still have the same goal, you know, which is to try to make a World Series and, and bring a championship to San Diego, and that's what we're going to try to continue to do. $340 million spark plug. That's, that's a lot of money. 
And Manny Machado is another good example. I brought up Lindor earlier. Manny Machado is a stud and plays every day, shows up. Yeah, does he piss people off sometimes? Yes. But he shows up. So again, the next time your favorite baseball team calls up your 21-year-old prospect and he becomes a star and, and wins rookie of the year and is in year two and suddenly it's not a fluke, you're going to be waiting a long time for that long-term contract because now it's going to be harder than ever. Elsewhere around Major League Baseball, again, for a league right now that is trying so desperately to find positive stories, to give us some sort of headline, right, that gives us something to look to, the New York Mets have a weekend where they're selling out the largest crowds in their stadium's history, and they're watching Jacob deGrom pitch. And here's a quick hot take to give you about Jacob deGrom. There are some baseball fans who will hate this. There are some baseball fans who will say, we haven't seen enough to say this is the case. I think Jacob deGrom, if you haven't started paying attention yet, he's the most dominant pitcher of his generation. Here's the comparison that I would make. He's he's Aaron Rodgers. You could say that Kershaw or Verlander are Tom Brady. I get it. Kershaw finally won in the postseason. He's had issues in the postseason. Verlander struggled towards the end of his tenure in Detroit, went to Houston, and has been great. They're both spectacular. They're both Hall of Famers. But I've never seen a starting pitcher as dominant as Jacob deGrom is right now. So I, I was paying close attention. Look, Major League Baseball, other than preseason football, where you watch a couple quarters and you move on, Major League Baseball should have the spotlight right now. Major League Baseball should be leading shows like this right now. And the Tati story was such a bummer because you realize how flawed the, law, the, the league is and how difficult it's going to be to avoid that being the story all weekend. And realistically, it was. But the Mets playing against the Phillies, beautiful summer afternoons at City Field, and Jacob deGrom takes them out. And I hope that some of you are paying attention. I hope that some of you realize that this guy, the last time he was not dominant was in 2020. And granted, he hasn't pitched yet this year. He's made a couple starts. But he... You cannot remember the last time he wasn't great. When he takes the mound, he's great. That, to me, is shocking. I I don't know if I've ever seen it. He's more dominant than Pedro was, more dominant than Randy Johnson, Kurt Schilling, the pitchers of a generation previous. I've never seen anything like it. He find, it's easier for him to do things on a mound than it is for any other human being. That's why I make the Aaron Rodgers comparison. Is he the most accomplished? No. Does he have a huge postseason resume? No. Does he make the position look way easier than it ever possibly should? Yes. Easier than Kershaw? Easier than Brady? Yes. It's very possible that, that Jacob deGrom will not be sustainable, that you, you can't throw the baseball 101 miles an hour for an entire game with a slider at 95 miles an hour, but that's what he's doing. And if you look at his baseball reference page right now, you might be wondering, well, he's only thrown 75 pitches per start right now. Um, Why can't he throw 110? Well, they're building him up. He's working past an elbow injury. He will get there. And when he does, he will be great. So 
again, my my weekend takeaways from the only sport, the only sport in the, the only major sport that's in the middle of their season right now that should be the 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 talk of each individual market that I'm speaking to right now. My main takeaway was I am watching greatness and I'm watching such a flaw in the biggest contracts in the sport. And I think the Tatis story is going to have ripple effects for years to come in terms of how front offices deal with this and how front offices go about building their team for the future. Diesel, what do you, what do you think? You think um, you think teams are going to be hesitant to sign 22, 23-year-old players to extensions that technically they don't need for three or four years because they're so worried about what that will turn the player into? I think the ripple effect here, as you just mentioned, is going to be fascinating. I think, and it's very different situations on how we get there, I think the ripple effect is going to be similar to what we're going to see in the NFL after the Deshaun Watson contract. I think it's going to be something of good that point. magnitude. Yeah, Very different situations, but it's going to have that kind of an impact. And you know who hates this more than anything is players associations because we're, t- we're going to talk about Lamar Jackson's contract later. And, you know, putting Lamar now in the same breath as Deshaun Watson, the players association hates that because Deshaun Watson's going to have a huge suspension and everyone's going to say, oh, biggest contract, biggest contract. Lamar's trying to get Deshaun. And the NFL, not just the Players Association, actually, Goodell, everybody will hate that that's the story. And, yeah, if if you're now the teams across Major League Baseball, the leverage just went away for a lot of these players saying, extend me, extend me. I want Tatis money. It's like, well, what happened there? Um, so, again, yeah. So much to look at in a weekend of Major League Baseball, but I thought that that was those ripple effects are going to be interesting, and I know that it's the results can't be seen today. All we know today is we have an 80 game suspension to one of the faces of the sport. But moving forward, it will affect you if you're a baseball fan, and it will affect you pretty much in any market you root in. Um, we 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 mock a certain athlete a lot. Uh, at what point do we begin to 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 worry about him and his his mental health instead? Um, we'll talk about that. Plenty more to do here. Doug Williams filling in on Writer Than You, 855-212-4227. We'll be right back. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You're listening to the Writer Than You podcast. Here's how I know Diesel's a good producer because I was hosting a different show. It was on Maggie and Perloff, I believe, last week. Um, and I was talking about Kevin Durant and, and you sent me a text and you were like that, 
that was a great point about Durant. And and that keeps your host's confidence up. It fires him up, gets him going. And here I am now on a Monday morning, and I'm I'm ready to talk about that very point that I made. And the point that I made was that Durant, through all of this, has been committing really perception suicide. And he cares so much about perception. So that's such a fascinating collision of aspects of his personality. And I know, you know, talk radio makes him sick, so I know he's not listening. Um, I know he's not doing that to his mental health. But in my mind, I used to describe Durant, and I'm used to meaning like <laughs> like a month ago, um, as kind of the, the classic millennial superstar. Um, very online, uh, gets anxious when he's somewhere for more than like five minutes. Um, that's a very classic thing, right? Like if you've got any, I, I'm 31 years old, so I'm, I'm pushing it in terms of millennials, but um, especially even Gen Z younger than me, they get to a job for six months and they're like, why am I not the CEO yet? Can you explain that to me? And Durant's almost kind of the perfect microcosm for that. He gets to a team, he's like, why am I not the MVP and did I not win an NBA title? Uh, I got to get out of here. So that's, I, I kind of made excuses for him. I was like, that, you know, that's just, uh, it's a normal way to behave, right? And then I, I set tweet alerts for him smartly, as we probably all should, last week. Because I was like, at some point, since he basically said, you got to fire Steve Nash and Sean Marks, that story came out from, from Shams. And I was like, okay, he's going to say something on Twitter because I'm sure his mentions are flooded. And you just had to wait. You had to be patient. He was pretty quiet there for a little, and then uh, about 24 hours ago, everything changed. So he was he was going at it with people who were saying he's ruining the game with, you know, team hopping, right? And this is where the, the first thing I'm going to say is, is uh, the first tweet I'm going to read is, is him talking about his discussions on Twitter. He said, I want people on Twitter to realize that they – um, they just can't stand to see me do well in life. But to acknowledge that would make them haters. So they won't admit it, but it's still fun trying to get them to accept it. All right, I think that's kind of interesting. I think if his point is that you're all haters, you you want to see me fail, okay, if you want to do kind of what MJ used to do and find an enemy, and if the average person in your Twitter mentions is the enemy and that will motivate you, I don't necessarily have a huge problem with that. Do I think... The context of what he's saying makes it irrational, yes. But if he wants to think that, okay. But then he's going at fans who are saying he's ruining the game by doing what he's doing, which I happen to think is a little harsh, but also kind of true big picture. It's not just a Kevin Durant story. I think the league is hurt by what these players are doing and by the era since LeBron's decision where there's no loyalty, the inmates are running the asylum, et cetera, et cetera. I feel like a broken record. But here's where I lost him. He says, um, the team hopping, this, this somebody tweets at him, that kid B, says, um, this team hopping after a little bit of adversity is tainting your legacy. And he said, it's all, this is Durant, it's all a matter of perspective. You say it's tainted, I say it's never been stronger. In what world? And I'm being serious here. I'm not just like talk radio host trying to make, this is not a hot take. In what world is his Legacy, as strong as it's ever been. I think you could make the argument that the highest point of his legacy 
was towards the end of his tenure in OKC, where he turned that into a ticket in Oklahoma City. New team, new franchise. And that home court advantage was legit. And suddenly he had a decision to make, and he made it. He goes to, you know, he goes to Golden State. Some people thought he took the easy way out. So that gets into the perception stuff that just still doesn't make sense to me. So uh, here I am reading Kevin Durant just combing through his own mentions. And it goes, I think, to a almost a bigger picture topic, which is what do we think as fans? Because I said this this weekend on, on the local station here in New York. I was saying I haven't been a member of the media long enough to be able to call myself one of them and not one of you listening. I'm really more you. I have more fan in me than media member. It's hard to turn the the fan part of your brain off. So I still view the, like I still talk about these things as a fan. So as fans, what do we think of Twitter usage? Personally, I happen to like it. I like being able to hear from your favorite athlete. I like following them on Instagram and Twitter. I like seeing what they do in their life. In my opinion, it's all good. It's all good if you want to be active on social media. I don't have an issue with it. The problem with Durant, though, specifically, and I I don't think he's alone. There are definitely athletes that are active on social media who do this, too, is that his Twitter, and I mean this seriously, I think his Twitter has changed the course of his career. I think if, if he hadn't seen what people were saying about him when he chose Golden State, He wouldn't have felt so bad about that decision. He wouldn't have known that the storyline out there, what people were talking about was you chose the easy way out. You went to go win a championship with somebody and not drive the bus. He knew what Barkley was saying. He knew what the fans were saying. But it's not just the media. It's not just that he's listening to Skip Bayless and Stephen A., which he also does. It's that he's listening to that kid on Twitter that I just mentioned just as much. And so if you are going to be an athlete in today's reality and you're using social media as a way to drive your decisions that is a problem actually i'm going to i'm going to give a little piece of off the record not off the record it wasn't you know off the record but i had an interesting conversation with our boss here spike eskin and he said the best way to navigate twitter and social media is to use it just never open your mentions and i think in many ways that's true you're not necessarily going to improve your mental health or your life in general by reading what people say. I do think, you know, having some sort of criticism in your life, if somebody comes at you and says, you did this, I thought that was wrong. I get that a lot during the show and I'll use it. I'll say, look, I missed, there was one time I was talking about AL MVP and I didn't bring up Jordan Alvarez and someone from Houston tweeted that at me and I said, you're right. I should have mentioned him. So in some ways it's good to use it. You need a little criticism in your life. But if you are a professional athlete who is using your Twitter mentions as a barometer for what you should do, for the fact that he's in Golden State, he knows people are saying, dude, anyone could win there. What kind of superstar goes to a guaranteed championship? And he's saying, wow, yeah, everybody is saying this. I should go, you know, I should go do my own thing. I should go to New York. When I win in New York, when I'm the driver of the bus, what are they going to say then? We're talking about Zalatoris later, like like making that putt to win. He's saying, what are they going to say now? That's what Durant wanted to do. So, again, it's, it's less about fandom. 
less about, you know, do you root for players to be on social media and more about the reality is if you use it in a healthy way, like any of us, you're better off. But in Durant's case, I think it's unhealthy and it's not good for his career because guess what? He should be doing whatever he wants to do. I've said that all, all, all along about Durant. I think he should have left OKC. I think he should have gone somewhere that was a more sustainable winner. I had no issue with him going to Golden State. If you want to go there to win, you do it. If it hurts your legacy, who cares? You want to go to Brooklyn and win on your own? That's fine with me too. But if you're doing it because you're listening to these people, you're listening to me, you're listening to the average person, that's a problem. And so there there are more athletes out there that don't listen, that do their own thing, ignore the haters, ignore the people who are patting you on the back. You have to ignore both to do it correctly. But again, he is now gone from what I described as kind of just the, the perfect symbol of his generation and our inability to be comfortable somewhere for more than like six months to, okay, if he thinks deep down, if he is tweeting that his legacy has never been stronger, he is lost. He has lost his sense of reality. He's he's talking about people's jobs, too, and Marks and, and Steve Nash as if they're nothing to him. He's using them as leverage. And at some point, it's just a bad look if he thinks he's doing the right thing when in, in reality, he is the only thing in his own way. And that was part of the point I made last week, too, Disa. It was like, it's not just his own perception suicide. It's that he's the only one in his own way. At this point, it's become an obsession with him, trying to control the narrative, trying to form his own legacy. He's lost his way. When he, would, when he was in Oklahoma City, he was all about basketball. And that summer, when he left to go to Golden State, he told us, I'm going to make the best basketball decision. And it was. He made the best basketball decision for him, what made him happy. Somewhere along the way, in though in these last five or six years, he's lost that. He wants to go play in Brooklyn with his buddy Kyrie Irving? Go for it. If that's what's going to make you happy, go for it. Now, it hasn't worked out well, but he has to get back to doing what Kevin Durant wants to do. Not what makes everybody else happy, pleasing everybody else. You could make the argument that what Kevin Durant wants to do is get out of Brooklyn because he sees the writing on the wall, because he sees what Kyrie Irving says on a daily basis, sees that Ben Simmons refuses to be on the floor and can't hit a jump shot and is like, okay, I got to get out of here. Again, I didn't, I defended that. I defended him saying, I want out of Brooklyn. What I cannot defend with a straight face is him saying, I want out of Brooklyn. Fire these guys if I stay. And by the way, I'm as strong as I've ever been. Dude, you're in limbo. Doesn't he feel like at this point, too, he's no matter what situation he creates on his own or what situation happens to him in Brooklyn, whether it's Ben Simmons, Kyrie Irving, he can rationalize it. Well, I can win if you fire Steve Nash. I can win if you fire Sean Marks. I don't really want to play with Kyrie Irving anymore. You know, get rid of him. I I can do he can it seems like he's at the point where like I can fix it. Don't worry. I can fix it. Every it's just an obsession at this point. Do you think and Marco Bledi just came into the studio. I want to get your take Marco. So, New York specifically. If Durant 
had left Golden State and come to New York and won an NBA title. That is, in reality, not Durant's brain, but in reality, the only way that his, like he said on Twitter, I'm going to read it one more time. He said, it's a matter of perspective. If you say it's tainted, I say it's never been stronger. In reality, the only way that his legacy would be never have never been stronger would have been if he had won a title in New York. Yeah. I, to be honest, once he came to Brooklyn, once he came to New York, the only thing he could do was win a title. Everything exactly. else was failure. Right. It's not even like a question. You can't get there three times and, oh, well, this guy was hurt. No, no, no. Don't win. Failure. Right. That's how it works out, especially when you come with the hype that you came with. You walked in with Kyrie Irving. You came in with, you know. You got Nash hired, basically. You gave a job to somebody who was not qualified necessarily. After sitting a year because of the Achilles injury and right. sitting with Kenny Atkinson and deciding, you know what? I don't like this road that we're going down. So we need to change everything up midstream. Uh, yeah, I mean, again, he set it up where the only thing he could do was win a title or it's a complete and total failure. But yeah. he did that. And Atkinson, it was almost like I loved listening to Kenny Atkinson talk NBA. I thought he was a fat, like, I still think he's got such a bright future as a head coach. And I just thought it was so strange all along that he was kind of, they catered to him. They turned Brooklyn into exactly what he wanted, which was fine. But to give the job to Nash, a former superstar who never won an NBA title. Okay, I get why Nash would want the job, even though he's not qualified. But it was almost like he set himself up for failure mm -hmm. when in reality, winning was not that far out of the equation. But he has gotten in the way of the only thing that could have made, like we said, um, his legacy stronger. So again, um, if you have been like me in defending KD... And and that's realistically what I've been doing. If you if you look past a couple months, um, I don't know how you would be able to do it other than just trusting me saying this. I have defended him, um, but at this point, you can't. There's no reasonable explanation for his behavior other than the fact that he cares way too much about what people say, and that he chose the wrong route. And for him to come out and say he should come out and realistically say, I attached myself to the wrong fellow superstar in, in Kyrie, um, and I don't love the direction of this team, I'd like out. And if you don't trade me, all right, I'll try and make it work. How different would we feel if that was the case? And and when he did pop up on Twitter this weekend, I thought we'd get some of that. Silly me. I really thought we'd get some, some rational takes from him, and obviously we didn't get that. Um, we, I, I generally think preseason NFL – is the best time to to watch and and not listen. Don't listen to what coaches say. Don't listen to what quarterbacks say. Watch and and read what the beat writers are are, are letting you know about how camp is going. But now that we've gotten actual football games, we learned a lot about some notable quarterbacks. Some guys we're learning a lot about, and there's some guys that I don't think we ever will learn about because of their situation. I'll explain what I mean next. But first, Marco with an update. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. 
Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. You're listening to the Writer Than You podcast. All right, it's Doug Williams here filling in Phil Bill, for uh, Bill Ryder, 855-212-4227. Finally, we got meaningful uh, quarterback play across the NFL week one of uh, preseason football. And uh, we got some injuries. We got some some great performances. We got some interesting uh, post-game quotes uh, from guys without extensions. We'll get to all of it, and we'll get Diesel involved on all of these. So let's talk um, some quarterback performances with the beautiful CBS football uh, music bed on the background. Okay, so Zach Wilson um, potentially needs surgery, avoided the worst in terms of an ACL. The doctors are going to get in there. Um, and they're going to see how bad the injury is. But two to four weeks seems like the timeline. It leaves the Jets in an interesting position because assuming, well, I think it's a good assumption he'll miss the rest of the preseason. But then suddenly you're going to be faced with the reality that you've got a year two quarterback who needs to prove everything in in one season realistically, who's going to miss a lot of training camp and uh, miss a lot of these practices and preseason and suddenly you're looking at the trade market. I don't think, D-Cell, it makes any sense for the Jets to trade for Jimmy G or anything like that because they don't have any plans on winning. And I think still seeing as much as you can of Zach Wilson in year two is the most meaningful thing for them to do. I'm totally with you. It makes no sense to trade for Jimmy G. And I, I give that deep sigh. I don't know if you feel this way. <laughs> What is Zach Wilson doing out there? I, I don't understand. Yeah, I know, I know he, uh, you're fired up about this, but I mean, look, it's just like the regular season, right? You need to see as much as you can. And by the way, he goes out there and he throws that pick that he telegraphs perfectly. And he, instead of going out of bounds, he pivots into the middle of the field, hurts his knee, two lessons learned in two plays, and it will hurt him, but it also might help him. What is Zach Wilson figuring out in these four preseason games against non-starters of other teams' defenses. Zach Wilson had a rough rookie season, and I'm not clowning him for it. He's a rookie in the NFL. Mistakes are going to happen. I get it. What is he figuring out in these four preseason games? Help me understand. Wait, so I, you, I don't get it. You want him to sit all four? All four. I never want him to take a snap. And, I don't and do get it. Do you feel like that about every starting quarterback? Every single one. Doug, I would be okay if the NFL came out tomorrow and said the preseason no longer well, exists. I, I agree with you, but I think you'd see, and if you watched Hard Knocks, Dan Campbell said this about the team because he was having them in full pads um, and hitting pretty early on, and he was like, the everything that I've learned is that this will benefit you and help you stay healthy, actually. It, look, I, we don't play the game, so we don't know, but I have to assume that having at least getting hit, facing off against defenses, even if it's not starters, helps. I'm with you. I cannot stand preseason injuries, but I think they're unavoidable, and I think getting through the preseason healthy gives you a better chance of, of getting through the regular season healthy. Um, Deshaun Watson, <laughs> I don't know why he played. I don't know why he started. I don't know why the Browns are doing what they're doing. At least he vaguely apologized before the game with his actions, even though he's fighting them and says he didn't do anything wrong. 
why why did he play what does this do for Cleveland? I, I, I don't know. I mean, I he played. He played poorly. Now it could be rust. It could have been nerves. It could have been all of the above. What is this going? He's getting suspended. Whether it's a full year, whether it's six. Yeah, games, he's not going to be your week one NFL quarterback. So I, I don't understand why they did what they did. Um, and that that's a very vague way to say a lot about the Browns. I don't understand why they gave him that contract. They knew exactly what was going to happen, and it's happened. They they made their bed. They got a lie in it. All right, I'm going to talk to our next guest about Jalen Hurts a little bit later. Six for six, 80 yards and a touchdown. And are we supposed to think that he's going to be a stud? Because Eagles fans are are really high on him right now. I know he had a very good season last year. Um, and some part of me thinks that the Eagles should be favored over the Cowboys in that division because, because of the momentum that Jalen Hurts has. Jalen Hurts took a lot of teams by surprise last season. I don't think that's going to happen again. I think you can win with Jalen Hurts. I don't think you're going to win because of Jalen Hurts. The Eagles very well may win this division, and he he can be that quarterback to get you there, but you need other pieces around him, which Philly has added, by right, the way. They, you know, they added A.J. Brown. They, they, they have a good, no, they have a great offensive line. They have a good team around him. I think that's generally a good point. We put so much emphasis on, just like I just did, Jalen Hurts plays well, Eagles favored over the Cowboys. But in reality, it's a good roster, and the Cowboys have lots of issues. We'll get to those as well. Kenny Pickett, 13 of 15, 95 yards, two TDs. Talk about preseason. You know, he's, he was in the second half against backups to backups. But at the same time, another thing I'm going to ask Jeff Kerr in a second, I, I do wonder if he plays like this throughout the preseason, if it might affect what the Steelers decide to do. Doug, I've gone back and forth on this one. If I'm Mike Tomlin, I have no idea. Now, Tomlin told us last week, if the season started today, Mitch Trubisky would be the starter. He was going to lean on that experience. You have your veteran, and I say that in air quotes because I don't know if you could consider Mitch Trubisky to be a veteran. You have Mason Rudolph, who's been in that offense, and then you have the first-round pick. And Kenny Pickett, which way do you go? It's just funny to read, and I, I, I read the, the some stories about how they're already talking about, well, you know, we'll see how, you know, week by week five, if there's a, you know, if Trubisky struggles, because he is, after all, Miss Trubisky, and then, you know, after the bye week, maybe they make a change. It's bad that we're even reading that, as well as Kenny Pickett played in week one of the preseason. You gave Trubisky a lot of money. You clearly believe that he was undervalued, that he was in a bad situation in Chicago, that he learned a lot under Brian Dable and in Buffalo as a backup. So um, I don't think Pickett should even be discussed. Um, but at the very least, he's at least shown you that that he can play. All right, so Lamar Jackson, we're not going to play the sound because there wasn't much to it, but he basically said, yeah, when asked if he had his own deadline uh, in terms of a contract agreement to, you know, week one, as soon as the, the actual season starts, he's done negotiating. The fact that he's his own agent, the fact that it's not done yet is concerning. Um, I, what do you think about this situation? So. I'm waving the white flag on this one. I don't get the holdup. The only thing I can think of is he wants the Deshaun Watson contract. He wants every bit of what Deshaun Watson as he got. Should. Fully guaranteed as he should. But Baltimore is not going to cave. They're not going to do that. Um, and then two quarterbacks that I think are really fascinating. Trey Lance, who's been obviously given the keys to the franchise in San Francisco. 76-yard TD pass to Danny Gray. And if you're a Niners fan, you realize, wow, um, this could be potentially the you know, what we're looking at moving forward. And I think um, when you have a guy like Jimmy G on the roster and you decide to, to go with Trey Lance, you give him all the confidence in the world. And 
I don't know if we've seen enough to know what he'll be like, but I think he has the talent. We were talking about Jalen Hurts earlier. I think he has the talent to not only just help the roster in general, but win games for that team. There is no bigger super fan of Trey Lance than yours truly. I am all about Trey Lance. I can't wait until Jimmy G gets traded. I think he's the real deal. So fascinatingly, in the NFL, when you get drafted, it's so much about your situation. I think about this all the time, right? So is, you know, was Ryan Leaf the huge bust that he was down the line? Name any bust early drafted quarterback. Was it because it was a bad situation to be drafted in? Or was it because the talent just wasn't there in the NFL? Justin Fields, four for seven, was sacked twice. He's in as bad a situation as you can possibly be in in Chicago. Do you think we will ever learn if that guy can can swing it in the NFL? Not in Chicago. We're not going to learn anything this year. It's going to skew so negative, and I feel terrible for Justin Fields. Yeah, I mean, that franchise in general, you've got guys asking out, um, and, and there's there's so much of a mess around him. And again, we may look back and never really know. So speaking of Jalen Hurts, we're going to ask uh, CBS Sports' Jeff Kerr about that, who covers everybody, but the Eagles especially closely. Plus, is there a rookie quarterback closer to winning a job than we thought? Maybe Kenny Pickett, maybe others. We'll talk about it at the top of the hour. Don't go anywhere. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 